Praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Pastor Mike here. Let's go straight to prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you again, O Lord, for this time that we have to be with you today, O Lord. And I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that your Holy Spirit shall minister to every single listener that would be out there today, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. I pray, O Lord God, that you will open their eyes that they may see, open their ears that they may hear, and open their hearts that they may understand, O Lord God, your words coming forth today. We praise you, Heavenly Father. We glorify thy most glorious name in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries, and I'm glad you could join us here today. And uh, as we go forward uh, with the Word of God today, it's uh, important that you uh, have a Bible with you and uh, some uh, maybe a marker or a pencil, a piece of paper even, where you can take down some notes as Holy Spirit uh, so guides. Amen. The whole purpose here is for you to hear the Word of God and to see the Word of God for yourself, okay, to know that this is, these are not my words, that this is the Word of God saying what has to be said, and uh, it'll benefit you in the future as Holy Spirit brings back to, to, um, to memory the things that uh, are needed as you go forth in your life. Praise God. Praise God. Well, I'll talk a little bit about faith here today, and... Um, We've talked about faith quite a bit and how important it is to us, obviously, in our Christian walk. Uh, there's always much talk about faith and using faith to overcome problems in your life and having faith to receive your blessings, you know. But uh, the bottom line, again, is that's a word that we kind of just throw out there, faith. You've got to have faith. But, but how does having faith really, really work? Okay, And what can we do to increase our faith, especially as we progress in our Christian walks and we see that there are more and more challenges that seem to pop up after we become born again and accept Jesus Christ as Lord. Maybe we lived a relatively uh, carefree life, let's say, before you, you knew the Lord, but now all of a sudden that you've become a, uh, a child of God, it seems like the, the uh, tribulations and the challenges seem to increase. So, so how, do, how do I increase my faith? Okay, so let's, as usual, you know, start with the Word of God and, and get a good understanding of uh, what kind of effort it takes and, and what actually generates faith, you know. And uh, you've probably heard the expression, uh, you reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. You've probably heard that. So with that, why don't we go in our Bibles to 2 Corinthians 9, verse number 6. 2 Corinthians 9. 2 Corinthians 9, verse number 6. Praise God. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly, he which soweth sparingly, shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap bountifully. Every man according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness remains forever. Okay? So the words there, of course, is that uh, in the very beginning there, he that sows uh, sparingly shall also reap sparingly, and he which sows bountifully shall reap bountifully. Now this is referring to uh, giving, of course. You know, we all know that reaping and sowing is usually usually equated with and is synonymous with, with giving. You give, you, give, uh, um, you know, sparingly, then you wind up receiving sparingly. If you give much, then you wind up receiving much. But sowing and reaping and sowing goes even beyond that. Okay, Reaping and sowing goes, goes to uh, how much do we generously give uh, of, of our time? Okay, Our time to God, of course. Okay, How much do we sow in terms of giving time to the Lord, but also time to our loved ones? 
how much time do you give to your family, to your wife, your husband, okay? Your girlfriend, your boyfriend, if you're out there dating. How much time do you give to your, ch your children, okay? okay? How much time do you give to your job? How much time do you give to studying? Okay, what we put into life is what we get out of life, okay? So the whole concept of reaping and sowing is very, very important for us as Christians. We have to fully understand where God is coming from. Okay, And when it comes down to us fully prospering, this kind of giving, sowing and planting and reaping and sowing and so forth, sowing and reaping, it requires something else. Okay? It requires something that's very important. And of course, it gets back to that little precious word, faith. Okay, You have to understand that reaping, if you, if you plant one or two seeds, then you get one or two plants. If you plant or if you sow many, many seeds, then you wind up getting many, many plants, okay? But along with that sowing, though, when you sow something, when you sow a plant, when you sow money, when you give money, when you give of your love, when you give, give to your job, whatever it is that you are sowing, you have to do that also with faith, okay? The more you reap, the more you sow. But in order to benefit from the spiritual concept of reaping and sowing, again, something else is required. It requires faith. Okay, it actually takes faith to sow. Okay, many times we don't have a lot, but yet still there's a need for us to give. So in giving, we have to have the faith, knowing that when I what I sow, I'm going to reap back many fold. So that even requires some faith to give. Okay, and now of course you know you can kind of see that more with money when it comes down to giving money. Of course, if you don't have much, it's harder. But also in terms of sowing your time, sowing your love. Okay, you have to have faith in knowing that what I'm sowing, what I'm planting is is indeed going to be returned to me multifold, multifold. So it, it takes many much faith. It takes faith. Okay, but many say that it's hard to have faith. That's what we're going to talk about here today. It's hard to have faith or have strong faith, especially when there's a challenge going on in our lives. You have so many things happening, and you know, you say, you know, the other day I, I said, uh, you, know, you know, walk by faith and not by sight. It's easy, maybe, for me to say when I'm not experiencing your particular challenge, okay? But even in having faith, you, you know, to put forth or to step out or to sow in the middle of a challenge is very, very hard to do. So it takes faith for us to do that, right? And all of us, all of us, you have to understand, have been given, given a measure of faith. All of us have been given a measure of faith. Go to Romans 12, 3. Romans 12, 3. Starting with verse number 3. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath de dealt to every man the measure of faith. Please underline that. God has dealt to, dealt to every man the measure of faith. Okay. Now, it's important to see the beginning part of the scripture here. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. Okay. So one of the things we have to do in our Christian walk is not to think more highly of ourselves than we should be. Okay. Okay. Don't think that I'm such a, a gift to God as the expression goes out, okay, that I am so much greater than somebody else, okay, you are special in the fact that you are a child of God, but 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 that is relative to, to how God loves you and has got, how God has set you uh, in, in, in his family, okay, so we don't go, you know, getting all puffed up and getting haughty, haughty, haughty minded, you know, thinking that Jesus, I'm so great, you know, do not think uh, more highly than he ought to think, 
to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body and all members have not the same office. Okay, we don't all do the same thing in the body of Christ. So we being many are one body in Christ, every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith or ministry, let us wait on our ministry or he that teacheth on teaching or he that exhorts to exhortation. He that giveth, let him do, do with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence, he that shows mercy with cheerfulness. All right. So what this is saying here is that we all have a purpose. We all, we all have a, a, a function in the body of Christ. We all have a ministry that everyone is called to be a preacher, perhaps, and everyone is called to be, to be, a, uh, uh, you know, to be out there on, on the streets uh, witnessing and so on like that. Okay, an evangelist, not everyone is called to that. But we all have a purpose, all right? But we have to be careful that we don't think of ourselves more highly um, than someone else because God views us as the same in terms of giving us a, a proportion of faith, okay? So we also see that... Um, uh, you know, you'd have to make sure that we're not thinking of ourselves as being so much better than someone else because in your ministry, perhaps you're this or that. Oh, well, my function is more important than the other brother's function. My uh, function is more important than the other sister's function. No, no, that's not how God views it. God does not quantify this measure of faith that he's talking about. But whatever that measure is, we all have the same size or the same amount, so to speak. Because otherwise, God would be playing favoritism if he gave one person more than the other. Okay, God views us all equally in his body, all right? Okay, and he, he loves us all equally, and he doesn't give any one person, regardless of what your function maybe is in your particular church, in your ministry, or whatever, it doesn't care, it doesn't matter what your function is, God has not dealt you a larger portion of faith or a larger portion of grace or anything else like that. God wants us to realize the fact that we're equal to one another. In Romans 2, 9, and if we go to Romans 2, 9, praise the living God, Romans 2, 9, we see it says, Tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil, of the Jew first and also of the Gentile, but glory, honor, and peace to every man that works good to the Jew first and also to the Gentile, for there is no respect of persons with God. No respect of persons with God. Okay? So God, what that is basically saying, tribulation, hard times, and anguish comes upon everyone that does evil, to the Jew first and then the Gentile. And then also says the glory, honor, and the peace goes to every man that works good, to the Jew first and to the Jew. Okay, so in other words, there, the same thing happens to, to, to those that do evil, and the same thing happens to those that do good. All right. So it says there's no respect of persons with God. God doesn't hold favorites. God doesn't hold because of the fact that you're, you're, you're of a particular skin color, that you have a greater anointing, you have a greater uh, uh, amount of faith. Okay. Or if you're tall, if you're short, if you're fat, if you're slim, God has no respect of persons. All right. So therefore, he's not going to hold anyone to be favorites. We are all getting the same thing from God, especially when it comes down to faith. Whatever the size or the measure of faith is that God has given us, we have enough of it to use it for our benefit. Okay? 
So God doesn't go divvying, and don't you know? Because um, you know the the Pharisees and the scribes you read in Scripture how they thought they were so it, you know, and how they walked around the streets and you know with their the purple robes and their garments and everything. And and in the in the uh, synagogues they had the best seats. If they went to a celebration, they had the best seats. You know, and they they stood on the street corners. Look at me! Look at me! Look at me! This is not what the Word of God is all about. Okay, God loves us all. He loves us all. Okay, and and all of us have been given this measure of faith. Okay, has been given this measure of faith. Okay, if we go to Matthew seventeen, Matthew seventeen, verse number fourteen. Okay, Matthew seventeen, verse number fourteen. It says, and when they were come to the multitude. They came to him a certain man, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is lunatic. In other words, he's, he's gone mad. In his, in his eyes, he's gone mad. And sore vexed, for oft times he falleth into the fire and often to the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Okay? He had a son that was obviously manifesting demonic, uh, demonic uh, uh, things here going on and they say and I brought him to thy disciples and they could not cure him then Jesus answered and said O faithless underline that please O faithless and perverse generation how long shall I be with you how long shall I suffer you bring him here to me and Jesus rebuked the devil and he departed out of him and the child was cured from that very hour then came the disciples to Jesus separately and said, why could we not cast him out? They didn't understand. Why could we not cast him out? Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief. Underline that, please. Because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed. Underline, please. If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing will be impossible to you. And nothing will be impossible to you. All right. So here we see here now, Jesus is kind of quantifying what this amount of faith is that's needed to uh, um, to get us out of difficult situations or to get us through life. Okay. Faith as the side of a mustard seed. Like, you ever see a mustard seed? Uh, you ever see a mustard seed? I have a mustard seeds here, and I don't know if you can see them. I don't have a uh, a macro lens on this camera, but as you can see, there are four mustard seeds there. Oops, one just fell off, <laughs> but there are four, three mustard seeds there now. And you can see they're very, very tiny, very tiny. Okay, a mustard seed is very, very tiny. And so, what he's saying there, he said, he said, it's because of your unbelief. Verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible to you. So he's saying that's the kind of size of faith that we actually need. It does not take a whole lot of supernatural faith, you know, a big, big old amount of faith here to get things done in our lives. Okay, And we've been given a measure of faith, and now God doesn't quantify how big that is. But Jesus is saying that all it takes is faith the size of mustard seed to, 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 to have things um, uh, manifest in our lives. Nothing shall be impossible to you. Simple as that. Right, right. Many, many times, you know, like, like, like they said, oh, Lord, you know, increase our faith. Give us faith, you know, and everything like that. Jesus said, basically, you have it. You have the faith, but it's how you use it, all right? And whether or not you use that faith to the point that you start believing, 
Okay. If you have unbelief or doubt that's wrestling in your life, that is wrestling with you in your life, then that means that you're not using the level of faith that God gave you. Okay. That faith has not gone any place. It hasn't disappeared. It's still with you. But the fact is that you're not activating it and you're not using it. Okay. You're not using it. It's like you, you know, like, like you're able to walk. Your legs are fine and you're able to walk. But you're sitting there in your chair and you say, oh, gee, I wish somebody would bring me a glass of water. I wish someone would do this. I wish someone would do that. Instead of you getting up and using your legs to walk into the kitchen to get that glass of water. Okay, it's not, it's not that you're unable to walk, but you have determined not to walk. So you have to get to the point of realizing that are you to the point that you are determining not to use your faith? Okay, because that faith, whatever that size is that God has given us, all that Jesus is saying, all it takes is a mustard seed side to to activate that faith in your life. Okay, so this is what we need to to, to think about. You know, you know, how do I how do I increase my uh, my ability, if you will? How do I increase my ability to utilize the faith that I already have? Okay, and again, like I said, God is not a respecter of persons. I don't care what your socioeconomic status is in life. I don't care whether you're rich or you're poor, you're well off, or maybe you're struggling, you're short, tall, or whatever. You know, it, God has not given you more because of your status in life. God has not given you less because of your status. God has not given you more or less because of the color of your skin. Okay? Another thing, too, which is a whole se- a sermon to itself, we need to stop thinking of ourselves as victims. Okay? All right? Stop thinking of ourselves as victims, especially minorities. Don't let people make you think that you are a victim, that you're on the short end of the stick. You are a child of God. Stick out your chest and thump it. Don't anyone say because of the color of your skin or because of your status in life that, that, you know, poor me, poor me, poor me. You know, that's nonsense. Okay, there is class warfare that's going on today. You know, I mean, Christians are Christians are are, are, are on that end uh, end of the stick also where we're being persecuted. But don't consider yourself a victim because of the fact that you're a Christian. Jesus said all these things will indeed come to pass. They will be persecuted, okay? But I'm far from don't think of myself as being a Christian, uh, uh, being a victim. I think of myself as being victorious. I'm always able to be victorious. Whatever someone tries to throw my way, I can be victorious over the situation because of the Lord, because of Holy Spirit that is in me, because of Jesus Christ who is with me, and because of guidance from the Lord. Okay, so I far from identify with being a victim. Okay, so and all of that even even depends on your your utilization, your use of the faith that God has given you, because all it takes is mustard seed size faith. Okay, I want to also go to uh, Luke seventeen. Thank you, Jesus. Luke seventeen, and verse number three. Okay, take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. Underline, if he repent, forgive him. In other words, someone does something to you and he comes to you and he says, gee whiz, I'm sorry. Or she comes to you and says, I'm sorry. The word of God here is saying, forgive him. Okay, forgive him. Okay. We as children of God cannot go holding grudges. Okay, you got people in the workplace, people in your family, you know, love when your husband or your wife, even, you know, sometimes our husband and wives, those, those that are closest to us, you know, we, we tend sometimes not to want to forgive them. 
Okay, because of the fact we think that, you know, Jesus, if, if they slip and stumble, if they do something to offend me, Jesus, they should have known better. I've been married to them for X number of years, or I've known them for so many years, they should have known better. And you wind up harboring unforgiveness if they make a mistake and if they offend you or say something. But if that person comes back to you and says, I'm sorry, Jesus, please forgive me, then you got to forgive them. Okay, you got to forgive them. Right? So take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he fit, repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times a day and seven times in a day, turn again to thee saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. Okay. So the person insults you or offends you seven times in a day. And yet, so they come back to you seven times and they say, I'm sorry. And they repent of what they did. I'm sorry for what I did. I'm sorry if you misunderstood me. I'm sorry if I said that, whatever the case may be, the word of God says, says, says to forgive them. Okay, you can't go say, well, Jesus, I forgave you last week. My gosh, you did the same. What's the matter with you? You did the same thing two days ago, two minutes ago. I just told you so and so. Now you're coming back to me again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I guess, okay, I forgive you. I forgive you. And you pick up and move on. Okay. And these are the things that we as human beings, even we as Christians, you know, we get so caught up in and we seem to seem to forget that to God, forgiveness is very, very important. Okay, and, and, and the basis for that is because of the fact that he forgave us. He forgave us. He forgave us of our sinful lives, of our sinful past. And all of us have a past. We all have a background. God forgave us all that and washed us clean, sent his son to die for our sins. So God forgave us. So forgiveness in God's heart is very, very important for us. And we can't wind up cursing ourselves by harboring unforgiveness. So he says there, forgive him seven times. And verse number five, uh, five says, and the apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. Okay, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, there it is again, underline, please. If you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say unto the sycamine tree, be thou plucked up by the root and be thou planted in the sea and it should obey you. Okay. Again, Jesus is referring to that, to that mustard seed size, uh, size faith. Okay, again, you have faith, you have faith, but you need to get to, you need to increase your ability or your awareness, if you will, you know, to use the uh, mustard seed size of the faith that God gave you. That's all it takes, a little bit of faith. Okay, right. and, and, and in 17, in Luke 17 here, we see Jesus is teaching his disciples about forgiveness and he is telling them that even if someone offends you seven times to the, in a day, the, uh, we were supposed to give them uh, seven times. We see that in verses three and four. And upon hearing this difficult command, the disciples responded, increase our faith. Increase our faith. Increase our faith. All right. Okay. Okay. Jesus once again uses the illustration of the mustard seed. If you had faith like a mustard seed, you could say to the tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it, and it would obey you. So again, he refers them back to that. Okay. The disciples had a misplaced faith. That's what it was. They had a misplaced faith. Okay. In Matthew 17, we saw that they couldn't cast out the demon because perhaps the disciples had been treating their power to cast out devils as a new possession of their own, a kind of magic. Remember, Jesus said, I give you the power to tread on serpents and so forth, to cast out. So now they were thinking that to you is, I have this power. I have this power and let me go forth and use it. Okay. God has given you a gift, but don't forget where the power lies. Don't forget where the power lies. Okay. So the disciples back there, they could not cast out the demons and, and they would, you know, they want, they would go through their routine and the devil would not come out. Simple as that. 
Right? They would, they would just go through their, their routine and the devil would not come out. In the case of forgiveness, they assumed that, that more faith would give them power, give them more power to forgive. Okay? They assumed that more faith would give them more power to forgive. See? See, that's what they're saying. Give me more faith, Lord, so I can, boy, so I can have this power to forgive. They're mixing something up. Their faith is misplaced. Their understanding is misplaced. On both those occasions that I just mentioned, Jesus tells them that if they were to have the faith, faith, even the size of a tiny mustard seed that is placed in the all-powerful God, big things happen. Okay, so the faith that we have, the mustard size, uh, mustard seed size faith that we have, is the faith in God and God's power to bring to pass whatever it is that we are hoping to achieve or accomplish or see done. Okay, that's where the mustard seed side faith faith comes from. Okay? Not in ourselves. They said, Jesus, help us with our faith. Help us with our faith. You know, give me faith to, 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 to be able to cast out a demon. Okay? You see, it's not you that's doing the casting out. It's the power of God. It's the name of Jesus that he said we have the authority to use. That's the power. Okay? And I say to you all the time, and you must remember, against the things of darkness, against the devil, against demonic powers and influences, we as human beings, we have no power at all. We have no power at all. The power that we wield is in the name of Jesus Christ. It's the name of Jesus. And the authority and the power that God gave us in the name to use the name of Jesus. It's not you. It's not you at all. So by the mustard seed size faith that I have, if I cast out a demon, if I pray for someone to be healed, if I pray for someone in a difficult situation, it's a mustard seed size faith that I have in God, knowing that his power can do big things, that his power can, 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 can work miracles. Okay? okay, this is what we need to understand. Okay? And this is what we need to, to, to grow in ability to understand, that this is how we increase, if you will, increase our faith. Is increasing our ability to believe in that mustard seed sized faith. That's all that's needed in our lives to overcome adversity. Okay. And that's a challenge. That is a challenge. If you think it's not a challenge, then you sit back and ask yourself, well, why am I struggling with something I'm struggling with right now? Why is it that my so-and-so is struggling? Who's a child of God is struggling with so-and-so right now? Why am I going through this situation at work? Why am I going through this situation at school? Have you forgotten the fact, the fact that all it takes is mustard seed size faith, knowing that God can deliver you and that God will deliver you? Okay. okay. This is how we, we increase our ability to use mustard seed size faith. And that's, that's where it is. It's not, it's not that we have more, we need more faith. You have faith. You have the faith. Okay. It's like me having something in my closet, you know, that's, um, that's really, really, really dandy. You know, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, say it's a bus pass, let's just say, to get on the public transportation. It's in my closet inside my wallet. And then yet still I, still I struggle. Where am I going to get money from to put in the, in the coin box in the bus, on the bus there? I've got a bus pass, but I'm not using it. Okay. And I can go on with countless, countless analogies of, of similar things in, in, our, in our lives that we just don't use. And they're there. Well, the same thing is with your faith. God gave you a measure of faith. Now, all you need is to use a mustard seed size of that faith to be victorious over your problem that's in your life or victorious over a problem in someone else's life. Amen? Amen? 
Okay. Again, I just say to you that it's important to observe that it's not the amount of faith which brings the impossible within reach. It is the power of God which manifests throughout even the smallest amount of faith. Okay. It's the power of God. You just have this thing going on in your mind and you don't have to sit down and just dwell and dwell and dwell. It's simply, I trust God. I don't know how he's going to do it, but I've got this faith that I trust God. Okay. And he's going to bring me through. Okay. This is what is, 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 is increases your ability to use the mustard seed size faith. Okay. We see that if we go to uh, Matthew 13, verse 31, Matthew 13 Verse 31. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field. He planted in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds. Now you saw how small it was, the least of all seeds. But when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs and becometh a tree so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. Okay. So you see that this little tiny seed that I showed you before has the ability, if planted, has the ability to grow, to become a huge tree. And here it says, large enough for the birds that the birds can nest in the branches thereof. Okay. Right. So that's all it takes is, is that mustard-sized seed. And that seed has the ability to grow. All right. The mustard seed compared to the kingdom of heaven here in this case. But the point is that a mustard seed grows and so will your ability to have faith. Okay. Your ability to have the faith that you need will indeed grow. And that grows by you planting that mustard seed, that little bit of size faith, faith, size faith and watching it grow in your life. And then you start to remember, well, gee whiz, all it takes is a little bit of faith and things will indeed be done, will be accomplished. I'll be victorious. That's all it takes. But if you don't plant it, if you don't plant that mustard seed size faith, if you don't use it, you don't start using it, then it won't grow in your life. So that, you know, the interesting thing is, is that when we, um, when we have a challenge in life and uh, later on we realize that that challenge wasn't a big one, it was a small one, okay? And God takes care of that challenge. We have faith and God takes care of that challenge. We become victorious. It wasn't a big deal, let's say, you know, compared to other things. It was relatively small. But God showed us, we had faith, and God showed us how powerful he is, and he removes that, that little annoying thing in our life. Then later on, because of what God did before, you start trusting in God more and more. So therefore, your faith, in essence, starts growing, starts growing. Because you trusted God for that little thing, and God came through. Then you trust him for something that's a little bit larger, and God came through. And then something a little larger than that stick came up in your life and you trusted God, you had that faith, mustard seed side faith, and God came through. So then what happens is that you start growing and growing and growing and growing in your ability to use mustard seed size faith so that when really a big magilla of a problem comes along, you have, boy, you have faith for that too. And you know that God will deliver you. You'll be victorious over that also because that mustard seed size faith, faith that you, you planted for that smaller thing in life that God delivered you from now has grown to the point where you've got something really important going on in your life, but now you've gotten the faith there also because you know that God delivered you before and that God will also deliver you now. God will make you victorious, okay? 
So as the word of God here says that the man planted that seed in the field and it grew into this big tree, if we plant that mustard seed size faith and, and into our lives, into our situations, okay, and, and that is, again, with the knowledge that God is the one that's in charge. God is the one that has the power to overcome and to deliver me from a, a bad situation or troublesome situation. Okay, that seed that you planted back then will grow and grow and grow so that when you have a, a, a gorilla of a problem, okay, your faith will be just as strong. Your faith will be just as strong because it will have grown based on your experience with God in the past. Okay, okay. This is how you use mustard seed size faith. Okay, this is how you use it. We have to realize that God is the one that is orchestrating everything and that I have something here here that is of so much value that God has given me. But am I always utilizing it? Doesn't take a lot. You know, you, you know, just like prayer, you know, you've heard me say many times, you know, God, the, the construct that we live in that is called Christianity. It, it, it's so simple. It's so beautiful. All we have to do is to love God, accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, of course, love God recognize the fact that Holy Spirit is in us. God has given us Holy Spirit. All we have to do is obey his command, obey his words and everything, you know, and, and just read, read the word of God, meditate on it, pray and communicate with God. It's so, so simple. We don't have to go lighting, you know, you know, a, a short candle, a medium-sized candle, a tall candle, you know, draw a circle around it, uh, or one foot jump around and turn around in a circle three times on the full moon, do this and do that. We don't have all of these rituals to go through. Life with God is just so simple. Just obey his word, love him. Okay. Okay. Know who is in you, Holy Spirit. Know that Lord Jesus died for you. Know that you can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. I mean, it's so simple. Okay. But we overlook it. We human beings tend to make things in life more complex when we start thinking beyond the, the, the construct of God that God has given us. Okay. 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 So just back up a little bit. Remember something very, very basic. God gave you a measure of faith. We've read that several times. Jesus said, all you need is faith the size of a mustard seed to move mountains, to make a sycamore tree move. Amen. Amen. So whatever that, that thing is that's going on in your life, that you're hoping you're trusting God for, remember, it doesn't take much of you just to have a little bit of faith to believe that God is going to bring you through, that God's going to deliver you. You have the ability to use that particular faith. That faith has nothing to do with our personal efforts, just like along with grace, nothing. Let's go to Ephesians 2, verse number 8. Ephesians 2. And verse number eight. For by grace are you saved through faith. There it is again. By grace you are saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, unless any man should boast. Okay. So by grace you're saved through faith. In other words, you, you, God, God gave you grace. And saved you. Grace, the word grace means the fact that God's, through God's grace, it, it, it means that, that nothing that we could do saved us. It's by the grace of God. Grace of God, God decided to send his son to bless you, to save you through his son. But we, we receive all of that through faith. 
God doesn't give us, give us written contracts. You don't have any piece of paper you can hold up from God saying that here you are saved and I give grace unto you. And so no, 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 no. It's by faith. I know that God saved because he loved me and sent his only son. The word of God says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Do I have physical evidence of that? Do I have evidence of a a scientific experiment or do I have a, a videotape that I can play back to show God doing that? No. And I don't care to. Because God said it in his word. So therefore, it is by my faith that God's word is correct, that I know that that's how the universe was created. And so it also it is in like fashion. It is by my faith I know that I am saved. Why? Because God said so. Okay. And it goes on to say, and that is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, unless any man should boast. In other words, if that was something you could do, mankind would be boasting about it. Oh, yeah, I saved myself. I used to be a sinner, but I did this and I did that and I saved myself. Oh, boy, look at me. Look at me. I'm such hot stuff. Okay. I mean, as it is, it's bad enough man thinks that he can get his way into heaven simply by doing good works. I give to this society. I give to this cause. I give to this foundation. I give, I give, I give. Um, I don't steal. I do this. I do that. I'm a good person. I hear people always say, I'm a good person. Why shouldn't I go to heaven? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Well, I'm not so sure that I, I go along with that. Well, do you believe that he's the son of God? Well, I believe that he exists. I believe that he walked the planet Earth and he was a good man and so on like that. But I don't know if I'd go that 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 far. OK, well, we, hey, well, dummy, you know, that's what's stopping you from getting to heaven. It's not because how good you are. Well, God's a loving God. Yes, God is a loving God, but he also he laid out a criteria for us too here. Yes, he loves you. He loves you so much that he wants you to accept and receive the son that he gave for you, that he sent to the cross for you. He wants you to love and accept his son. Okay. But because I'm a good person, I saved me. (laughs) You can't do it. By grace, you are saved through faith. Not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, unless any man should boast. Not of works that any man should boast. Faith has no reliance on human strength and wisdom. If we go to 1 Corinthians 2. One Corinthians two. And we want to do start with verse number one. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. I didn't come to you with all sorts of fancy words. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Please underline that if you don't already have it already underlined. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Okay. So here again, we see it's nothing here that we could do. This faith has nothing to do really with us as far as the power that is involved in, that is in faith or or, or the power that faith can render. Okay. 
Okay. All that we can do is have the faith, but what is the result of that faith is of God. It's not of ourselves. And our faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Okay. And he says there in verse number four, and my speech and my preaching to you, it was not with enticing words in man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Okay. So he didn't go preaching to them with all these fancies. You know, I could stand up here and give you all sorts of 25 syllable words and, and sound so, you know, holier than thou and so theological and everything like that. All right. But, but, but that's what they're talking about here, here, enticing words. Okay. You can hear people, people speak wonderfully. Some people are great orators. Adolf Hitler was a great orator. Look what he did. Through his words of their agenda, he moved almost an entire German nation. Mussolini, and I can go on, you know, with those that spoke eloquently and could incite people and, and get people fired up. Okay, But he says that I don't come speaking to you with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit, capital S meaning Holy Spirit and power so that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power. In other words, I don't want to talk to you and, and get you all pumped up and fired up and you get so involved and caught up in my fancy words and how educated I may sound and so forth like that. How is the Holy Spirit moving through you? Am I speaking words that Holy Spirit would have me say to you that that connects and resonates in your spirit or anyone else that you listen to, especially someone that is that is is saying and purporting that they are a person of God? Okay, you know, you're, not, you're not looking for excellency in speech, you're looking for the words of power, Holy Spirit driven words of power. Okay, all right. Because otherwise, man winds up boasting. We have to make sure that what we're doing is based on an understanding that our faith and everything is based on the power of God, knowing and having faith in the power of God. No reliance on human strength and wisdom. Okay. That's the problem now. We are relying as a, as a society. We're relying too much on human wisdom and human strength, so to speak. The more someone can say the right buzzwords, we think that's what, who we should follow. Are they saying the words of God? Those are the only right words that we as children of God should be listening to and following. And in the days ahead, the days to come, I believe it's going to be needed, required of us more and more. Because things are indeed going the way the Bible prophesied them to go. We have challenging times ahead of us, but guess what? We are greater is he that's in us than he that is in the world. And he that is in us is the spirit of the living God, Holy Spirit our counselor, our comforter, our advisor, who will teach us all things. Amen, 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 amen. So the faith thing here, just remembering here that in utilizing this faith that God is, is the power behind that faith, in that faith. And in other words, when we talk about biblical faith, all the strength and power come from the object of faith, which is God himself, not the size of faith, even a mustard-sized faith will do. All right? You don't need to have what you think may be a giant-sized faith. Oh, gosh, i got to have this. All it takes is a little bit of faith, knowing that God is behind that faith. That's what will get you through. Whatever you have happening right now in your life, that indeed can deliver you from it. Planting and growing your ability to use mustard-sized, seed-sized faith may require a life change even. Okay, 
What are you holding on to? Do you have something dear and near that you're so so attached to? Are you holding on to that? Maybe God wants you to not be so reliant and dependent on that thing or that person. Okay. Or the situation that you may be hanging on to so desperately. What's in your hand if you're willing to lose it? God can use it. But you're grasping on to so dearly if you're willing to give it up and lose it, then God can indeed use it. Think about maybe there's some life changes that you need to make. What are you holding on to? Is it a way of life? Is it people, friends, habits? Is it family members? Okay. Particularly if you have family members or friends or people that you know that are keeping you from coming into your fullness with God. Maybe you need to let them go. Let them go. Maybe that's hindering your faith. Sometimes by being with certain people and whatnot, you're hearing things and you're witnessing things with your eyes that would be counter to what God wants you to do. But because of the fact that you hold them in such high esteem in your life that you're listening more to them than you are to God. God is the only voice that you need to listen to. Okay. There's so many voices out there today, especially. You need to make sure you're listening to the voice of God only. Amen, 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 amen. So maybe it requires a life change. People, places, things, and habits, they wind up creating comfort zones that we don't want to leave. We wind up creating comfort zones. And why do we call them comfort zones? Because comfort zones let us live with a minimal amount of faith. Living in a comfort zone does not require a whole lot of faith. A comfort zone is a place where you're successful, you're succeeding. No worries. Everything is peachy keen. Okay, I'm good at this, I'm good at that. Okay, and that's a comfort zone. Does not require you to have any faith there because there's nothing there that challenges you. Okay. You stay in a comfort zone too long, it becomes detrimental to your health then because you become soft, so to speak. Because when you step out, the minute you step outside that comfort zone and there's one little bit of, uh, um, of pushback, if you will, okay, then you don't know how to deal with it because you've been in that comfort zone. Comfort zones do not require faith. So maybe it's time to move out. Getting out of a comfort zone requires more faith indeed. So realizing now that the faith, according to the word of God, according to God, what we need to get through this life it's not gigantic, humongous faith like this. All it takes is a little bit. Okay? And a little bit of faith that you need, God gave it to you. God gave it to you. And as you use faith in your life, and you see God's, the power of God working in your life, and you becoming the victor and not the one that's vanquished, and through faith you become the head and not the tail, okay? then that faith in you will start growing. The ability to, to use faith will indeed grow. And you'll rely on faith more and more and more and more and more. Okay. This is what increasing your faith is. Increasing your ability to use and realize that all it takes is a little bit. A mustard seed size. Okay. That's all it takes. Praise God. Praise God. I hope this message was a blessing to you. And uh, if you care to, please send on the links to where we can be found. We can be reached at wwwgenesis one dot um, sermon dot net genesis one dot sermon dot net if you look at the top of the page you'll see a subscribe button click on that subscribe button and you'll be notified automatically whenever this content is made available new content is made available uh, we're on YouTube Genesis One Christian Ministries we have our apps free of charge on the Android and 
and Apple uh, Play stores. Download them free of charge um, through all of our locations online. You can download these messages uh, free of charge, both the uh, video or the audio only portion. Again, free of charge. You can download them. Uh, pass the word. Spread it out as Holy Spirit so guides you. Um, the very one that you may be having a hard time with may be the one that God wants to talk to. Amen. So pass on the links in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Why don't we close in prayer? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you so much for this time that we've had with you, Lord God. And I pray that as we go through the balance of the day and week ahead of us, O oh God, God, until the next time, we pray that we shall remember, O oh Lord God, that all it takes is mustard seed size faith, O oh Lord God, to, to, to trust you and to move forward and to be blessed by you. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that these words will be planted deeply within every single listener's spirits, that they cannot be stolen away by the evil one should he tries to arise in their lives, O Lord God. I pray in the name of Jesus to touch these, your people. Reach out and touch them. I pray that the Holy Spirit will continue to woo and call those that do not yet know you through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We praise you, Heavenly Father. We magnify thy most glorious name in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Go forth, enjoy the rest of the day, or like I said, the week that's ahead of you until next time, and always go forth knowing that Jesus is Lord.